Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey everybody, today we're debating whether or not Christianity is dangerous and we're starting right now. What, are we just supposed to start talking? Ladies and gentlemen, thrilled to have you here. Very excited for this epic debate. We have two terrific guests. They honestly, I gotta tell you, uh, I've met both of them in person and I can tell you that they're, you, you wouldn't believe it, I, both of them, even though from completely different worldviews, are so personable. And I think you're going to see that tonight. You're going to say, hey, these guys are actually, I like these guys a lot. And I want to let you know, just a couple of quick house cleaning things before I, I talk up our guests, because this is a really special event. I, I have a lot to say, but we're just going to quick go over a couple of quick promo things coming up. In particular, we are very excited because it's very quickly approaching. Tomorrow we will have, it's been a while since we've had Skylar Fiction on. If you guys know Skylar Fiction, he will be debating against Epic Christ tomorrow on whether or not Christianity is true. So that will be an exciting one. You see the thumbnail I pulled up there. And we're looking forward to another one, which is, you could say, uh, some might say this is a... Uh, Arin's old, uh, an old opponent of Arin Ra, as Arin Ra has debated with Kent Hoven before. Ew. We, uh, <laughs> we have Kent Hoven coming to debate whether or not evolution is dangerous. That's going to be against Jason Lilly, and that's actually, I, I have it set as a current event, or I should say an upcoming event on the YouTube channel. And I just want to let you know, sorry about that, I set it for the wrong date. It's, it's in July, but we'll, we'll keep you updated on it. It's coming soon. And so it's not this weekend, it's in July. But as mentioned, tomorrow we'll be going live with Skylar Fiction, so that'll be a lot of fun. Now, for today's debate, this is special for a number of reasons. So I want to mention, I had already told you I had met Aaron, and I, I have to show this picture because I think it's a great picture. So. I had met Aaron, this was just over the weekend, and by the way, I want a quick plug. Aaron had his debate with Inspiring Philosophy over the weekend on this topic, which, uh, by the way, that was basically, I said, hey, Aaron, I said, since you're preparing for that debate, do you want to do a similar debate around the same time? And that's why we're doing it at a similar time. The link for that debate, though, with Inspiring Philosophy and Aaron is down in the description, and I'm just showing this picture because, I like I said, I had met Aaron, and I, I felt like when you meet him, there's something that you almost feel like you're talking to a family member you've known for a long time. There's just he's got a very personable, down-to-earth demeanor that you kind of like. Oh, like uh, his YouTube success has not gone to his head. So we appreciate that about you, Aaron. And also want to mention I have met Trent Doherty before, and I can attest to his easygoing nature as well. These are both energetic guys. And both uh, very successful guys. Trent Doherty is actually at the intersection of philosophy of religion and epistemology. 
Uh, Trent Doherty is what some might call an apex predator. He is a very skilled philosopher. Uh, so it's uh, exciting to have him here tonight as well. And I, it was at Texas Tech. I was, this is like three years ago and I was working on my master's in philosophy and someone said, yeah, we have this uh, philosopher of religion coming. He's really good. And uh, it just happened to be Trent Doherty. And then we kind of got reconnected recently from Cameron from uh, Capturing Christianity. So really uh, glad to have both of our, uh, our guests here tonight. They are linked in the description, everybody. And I want to mention, I'm going to put the link in there right now because I just learned about it, uh, that we have Trent's Twitter. But uh, Trent, if you want to mention, the name of your podcast is Slam. Yeah, I've just started. I've just started a new podcast called the Slam Harris Podcast. It's a what I call an ultra long form podcast because we're going to take this terrible book and we're going to go through it literally page by page. That's awesome! Very exciting. And then RN Ross Ra Bible study. That's right. It's like atheist Bible study in reverse. It's like instead of the oh, end of faith, oh, it's like that terrible book. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> So that will be uh, interesting for everybody to check out. And also, RN Raw has his channel linked down in the description. As RN Raw has been in the YouTube game for a long time. And as mentioned, I want to mention quick too, we try to plug other debate channels so that you as the audience can decide where you want to watch debates. And we have the Bible and Beer Consortium linked in the description. And they are the ones who hosted RN Raw and Inspiring Philosophy this last weekend. The Bog. Ezra Boggs. Oh, bog. yeah, that's right. They're terrific guys. They're just awesome. So uh, feel free to check them out. If you're new here, consider hitting that subscribe button as we have a lot more debates we're excited about having. And just to share in about 10 seconds the philosophy of the channel, we are big on, hey, we can passionately disagree, but we hope that you can say, hey, we can still be friends. Not a big deal. Water under the bridge. And with that... We are not going to take any more time because we want to jump right into this. Want to let you know this is an open discussion. Most people usually engage the kind of uh, enjoy the uh, more engaging civil discourse format, and that's what we're doing tonight. So we will just let uh, Aaron kind of get the ball rolling. And like I said, it's not a formal statement. It's just kind of where he's coming from and why he does think Christianity is dangerous. And then it will just be an open conversation. So Trent, you can respond whenever you feel like it. So. Thanks again for being here, gentlemen. And Aaron, the floor is yours. Oh, well, thank you. I thought I was thinking that this was just going to be more or less an even discussion. But, you know, to establish my position, I guess we're just a, just a couple of minutes then. Yeah, right? just uh, okay. I, I figured I, I put the ball on your court just because you're taking the affirmative. There's a lot of different aspects about Christianity that is dangerous. One of the among the worst of them, I guess, would be the requirement that you have to believe something you can't analyze it you can't test it you can't you know you don't you literally don't have an option on whether you're going to believe it or not because you are you are threatened with the uh, fate worse than death if if you don't believe it and and you'll, you will be killed in this life at least throughout most of history most nations would kill you and this is still the case in many nations today would kill you if you don't believe so you know christianity is just one of you know, the religions that were that would do that and then it's the way that it's also being manipulated. There's a lot of political aspects to it about the way that Christianity has been used to uh, to, to separate, segregate, and oppress. And you know, and and, I, and I, I, my family was Mormon. You know, they had a Mormon execution order that was signed by a Christian 
uh, uh, Christian governor of Missouri in, I think, 1828. It was called the Mormon Execution Order that allowed state militias to hunt down and kill whole families of Mormons. And this was something that went on in the United States, despite the, uh, despite the First Amendment, which is supposed to protect us from things like that. I mean, the Founding Fathers saw that you know, the first people that came over to this, to this continent from Europe were supposedly escaping you know, religious persecution, but what they were really doing was just visiting more religious persecution against each other. I mean, so the Puritans, the, the Pilgrims, and the Quakers are all at each other's throats, and the Catholics came over and just started indiscriminately killing and enslaving everybody. And of course, the Catholics versus the Protestants as well. And so you have inter interdenominational conflict of, you know, of death and mayhem. And that's just the harsh end of it. On the lightest end of it, the very least, just simply acquiescing Christianity at all requires that you will lie to yourself, at least to some degree, because everybody in, in any religion, if you're going to profess, if you're going to witness, and this is what I really love about Christians, you know, they're supposed to witness things they've never really seen, right? How dishonest is that? Uh, they, they, all they've done is they professed it that, you know, okay, we've, we've succumbed to the, 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 uh, the side effects of confirmation bias, as would anybody else of any other religion, or if you just had a paranoid belief in aliens, you were, you know, communicating through your tinfoil hat to let, you know, telepathically, the same sort of thing happens regardless what your religious perspective is. So, you know, Christianity can't claim any special credit for that. This is what everybody goes through. But when they're, when they're witnessing what they're doing is they're in order to profess this faith, they have to assert facts that aren't facts. They just, they will tell you straight out, you know, who God is and what he is, what he hates and what he's going to do as if they know, right? It's not, well, I believe this, or, or here's what the storybook says. No, they're going to profess it like they know it, right? So they're stating facts that are not facts. And asserting empty speculation as though it were fact is dishonest. Yet that's what all religions do. They all pretend to know things they don't know, which is essentially what faith is. Faith is the most dishonest position it is possible to have, and it's auto-deceptive. So even if it didn't lead to people murdering their children, as has often happened in order to protect them from Satan and other such things. Even, even if that were not the case, even if they're not pursuing somebody, you know, the, the, the false prophecy of the month of how the world's going to end this week, even if they're not doing all of these horrible things to each other, they're still assuming lies and preventing themselves from understand, understanding or even wanting to know the truth. I've had many people tell me that they don't care what the truth is. They want to believe what they want to believe even if they already know that it's not true. And on some occasions, I've even got admissions that they know that it's not true, but they're going to believe it anyway. That, to me, is, a, is hugely damaging. And I don't see how you, can, how you can argue that somebody's placebo effect, as this would happen last week, somebody was trying to argue that, you know, the counter-argument was that, well, some people get a, get a nice placebo effect out of this. It makes them happier. And then I have to call that old quote out, you know, the, the point about whether a, a Christian is happier than an atheist is no more to the point than whether a drunk man is happier than a sober one. On the rare occasion that that is even actually true, it's irrelevant. So being able to find where somebody makes the excuse that their faith makes them stronger, which, by the way, it doesn't, but they think it does because they've been programmed to attribute that, it, it, it doesn't matter. You've got nothing but detriment. You've got no positive aspect that could justify all of the ill that, that Christianity does. And Christianity only does this because it is a religion, and all religions do this, but Christianity has, has a history. It's, it's unique in that it is the bloodiest religion in history. And I think I'll just leave it at that. You bet. Thanks so much, Arne. And go ahead. Uh, conversation, please. <laughs> <clears throat> Thanks. So 
you know, it's, I was going to actually ask you, um, Aaron, I, I actually kind of rehearsed it in my head. I was going to say, I was going to ask if you minded if I asked you a personal question, and I was hoping that you would say yes. Go right ahead. Well, you already answered it. I was going to ask you <laughs> what your religious background was. And the question wasn't going to be, do you have a religious background? The question was going to be, what is it? And I was going to guess that it was Assemblies of God. Oh, well, um, I was lucky in that I was raised uh, raised by a Mormon family because yeah. what the, the advantage that I got out of that was that when we were living in Arizona, Nevada, Utah, and, and New Mexico, in, in the Mormon-dominant areas, you know, there, there's places in, in that Four Corners area where if you're not Mormon, you're not employed. But once we got out of that, we, they, they, they get t-shirts like if you ain't mormon you ain't shit <laughs> <laughs> exactly so once once we got out of that area once we were in los angeles for example i mean then uh, then then the people that are running into in the street are not mormon they're typically christian but not mormon and yes mormon is a is a is a subgroup of christians i mean everybody... yeah, well the reason why i was going to guess assemblies of god and the reason why mormon makes sense is that the concept of faith you have is clearly uh, uh, not, so I'm Roman Catholic, I'm a convert. I was raised nothing, what I call pessimistic agnostic. They didn't know if there was a God or not, but they sure as hell hope not. And then I got born again into a burnout party boy at 16, then got to reading history, became Episcopal, and then eventually Roman Catholic. Yeah, I gotta wonder how, how one does that. I mean, oh, how what? do you- Lots of us have done it. Taking all the steps down, how did you take each one after the other? How did did you assume, first of all, that there's that magic exists at all? Because that's what the supernatural is. So you have to you have to first assume that there's a supernatural, and then you have to assume that deity exists. Hey, 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 hey! Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's slow your roll, bro. And then you got to assume that it's the Christian God. Follow that dog. And and then you got to then you got to assume that on top of it being a Christian God, it's got to be the Catholic God. And I mean that had to have been, been decades ago that that conversion happened. Because how does anybody convert to Catholicism now? I got some, lots of good friends that are converted in the last year. Um, what it shows is that I'm like I began to. Uh oh, it says my. Okay, my microphone switched back and forth there for a second. Um, what the uh, series of conversions show from. Atheism, Christianity, from Catholicism to Episcopalianism, and from that to Roman Catholicism, is that I'm um, very open to um, finding out that I was mistaken in important regards. Well, yeah, and, and so am I. I never learn so much to, as when I find out that I'm wrong. Yeah. But so, I, I, I still have to follow you down that stairway. Yeah, yeah. Well, how about you follow me in my first... response to what you said first, okay? Okay, what's and that? So, I was all I was saying was that it makes sense to me that you're coming from a Mormon background because this I, I, I'm not coming faith, from a Mormon background. Well, you, we can roll back the tape that you were raised by Mormon parents, whatever. Right, that, right. I was, I was. That you but, had sort of imbued in you this idea of faith that comes out of Mormonism. No. Which is the burning of the bosom. No. Because your concept of faith is utterly, totally foreign to the to the Roman Catholic uh, concept. Yeah, it's foreign because to Mormons it's from, too. It's foreign to Mormons too, but it's actually what the, the scriptures says. And it's not, just, Aquinas, it's not just the Christian scripture. It's, it's Muslim, it's Muslim scripture and period. Hindu scriptures. No Christian that I know of 
personally. I know, I know. Every Christian I ever talk to, we always have this argument. Well, that okay. might, there might be a reason. I for tell them. I tell them I mean, that. That's like maybe you ought to ask them what they believe. Hey, I do. I do. I prove my point. Because maybe they know what they believe, and maybe the reason they believe it is because it's what's espoused in Scripture. It's what's espoused by the major thinkers of the Christian faith from the medieval period through the Enlightenment period. So, okay, so you're holding up some books. So we, I can hold up the Bible that supports me. I can, I can hold up the Quran that supports me. I can hold up the Bhagavad Gita that supports me. All of the scriptures support what I'm saying here. So let me go and, through the And every Christian, hold on, hold on, let me, let me demonstrate this. Let me demonstrate. Go through your responses. Let me demonstrate this. Well, no, 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 no. You, it's my time to okay. to respond to what you said. Okay. That was a off. That was merely a, a comment on a. Uh, th that was merely a statement that we have different concepts of. Faith. I don't think we do actually. Yeah, we do. Because, no, I get in this argument. Every single Christian says yeah, no. That's I not bet what you do. Is. And then and then I've we have the really discussion. And then. Every Christian, every Christian says that's not what faith is, and then we have the discussion wherein we immediately prove that is in fact what the, what their faith is, that they agree with me ultimately, and it, it only happens in a couple of minutes. Do you have a video of these people agreeing with you? I have lots of them. Now, see, they don't want to ever say that that's what faith is, but when they tell me that faith is, when I say that faith is a belief that is not based on evidence, they will counter and they will say that it's based on evidence. And I will say, well, what evidence is that based on? And then it ends up being argument from authority, logical fallacy, or subjective impression, anything but scientific evidence, which is what I stated at the beginning. Have you and heard of Richard Swinburne? No, I haven't. But I've had this argument over and over again where somebody well, says, well, somebody says that. that somebody says, well, have you heard of X or have you heard of oh, what was the name of the guy that got famous by being an atheist and trying to prove the Bible wrong by only asking Christians about it? And then he writes a book about it. What the hell was his name? I can't remember. But anyway, he he supposedly has what was it? Lee Strobel? Yes. Yes. That fraud. So this guy oh he has evidence well actually okay what is his evidence then he didn't have any so nobody what, does so one of my first so my one of my biggest dogmatisms is a view called evidentialism my first book was uh, a defense of evidentialism from every anti-evidentialist position that i could possibly find and um and and there's there there are there are there are certainly people who, you know, Christians who who are not evidentialists. And um, uh, another book that I edited also at the Oxford University Press is against, you know, I, I wrote in there against skeptical theism, but but even those guys don't really hold the view that you that you you state. So my most recent project, I'm plugging a lot of my stuff here, shameless plug, is two dozen or so arguments uh, for God. Now, you might think that the evidence for God is outweighed, but it is... No, no, no. I, I, I think that there is, is no... It's not a credible position. No, I, I think that there is there no... there isn't any evidence. I, I, think there, I think there is no evidence, and what usually comes what up... Do what do you think evidence consists in? What they, that's what they always ask me, and then when I give the definition, we'll say, oh, yeah, that's scientific evidence. Why are you limiting it to scientific evidence? Because I'm talking about evidence. science, that's why. Well, give me... What's so, your de definition of evidence? All right. I'll ex and they'll ask, how, what type of evidence do you want? I'll take anything that qualifies as evidence, which is a body of objectively verifiable facts, which I know is a bit of a tautology. A fact is objectively verifiable information, but a body of no, objectively verifiable... There are lots of facts that aren't verifiable. 
a fact can either be uh, is either not in dispute because it's taken as as uh, you know, like like maybe we're talking about the context of the story, perhaps, or it's indisputable in that it is objectively verifiable. This is the facts of the case. This Have is you ever heard case. of Fitch's paradox? No, I haven't. Well, Did you want to know how I define uh, evidence or not? Yeah, I'm waiting. Okay, good. You're not waiting if you're interrupting and trying to change change the subject to something else. So objectively verifiable facts that are positively indicative of or exclusively concordant with one particular conclusion over any of them. I don't like the excuse that, well, we're both looking at the same evidence. No, we're not. If you have the same fact that would remain true in either mutually exclusive paradigm, then that's just a fact that doesn't become evidence until it indicates one or the other, until it comports with one or the other or indicates the other you know, or eliminates one. So it's interesting. So uh, my most recent essay appeared in this book, Believing in Accordance with the Evidence. And strangely, no scholar writing today in epistemology would accept that definition of evidence. Why do you think well, that is? You don't think the standard definition of evidence is accepted by any scholar? Why would that be? Can you give me some... I mean, if you, if you, if you just Google it anywhere, I mean, it's the fact that it indicates, right? Do you know of any epistemo uh, professional epistemologists that hold that view? I haven't asked professional epistemologists where they deviate from common language ever. Well, I actually, I mean, when I was editing the um, Rutledge Handbook for Evidence, you know, we had like 38 entries Nobody even. Okay, so I'm I'm yes. sorry that other people and I, I get this because I'm when with philosophers it's always that way. It's always that a fact is not a fact because evidence is not evidence, so nothing can what? ever be objectively verified. What? I, yeah, that was a that was a professor, a seminary professor, PhD. Well, that's pretty that, that sad. gave me that rashness shit. Yeah, he said that there, there's no such thing as that if that there's nothing nothing can ever be objectively verifiable because literally our existence is merely opinion well i definitely yeah. we we, this we was are the seminary professor of guy. philosophy we're definitely uh we're on the same side of the line against that guy no i'm just a, i'm just a standard bayesian okay okay fine so i give you my definition right so i need the data that we can verify i mean it's it it it's not a fact unless we can unless we can show that the, the that the data is true, right? We can't just say things are true unless we can show that they are true. They might be true, but you can't claim it as truth if you can't show that it's true. Does that make sense? What do you mean by show? Can you so so take a take this hypothesis? All right. So it, Here's would a proposition. you agree? Would you agree that it is dishonest, as I said before, to assert baseless speculation as though it were fact? If you if you didn't believe it was, it wouldn't be it wouldn't. What be. if I believe Actually, if you honestly believed it? Have you okay. ever said anything false in your life? Yeah, I have. I've okay. been misled that, a number of times. Yeah. And, and that's not and it's still wrong, isn't it? But so it's not dishonest. If I if I, dishonest. if I if I was lied to, if I was lied the tape. you said dishonest, it is not dishonest to speak that which is not true. Yeah, But we're, now we're changing context because I said empty speculation. I'm not saying but, I'm not saying if you're repeating something that was your understanding that turned out to be wrong. No, that's not what I said. I said baseless speculation asserted as fact. So you believe it not for any reason, just feels good to you, right? Like you maybe get a mental impression that, yeah. hey, you need to go home right now because somebody's trying to break into your house right now and they're and they're getting into the house and your family's in danger. You need to go home right now. Well, if I just say that. And I don't have any way of saying that. I mean, I have no way of knowing that. 
right? That even if even if the case was that somebody did try to burgle your house, if no. I don't have a way of knowing that when I said it, it's still wrong. Yeah, it's yeah. Still dishonest. Hey, man, I'm I'm an evidentialist, uh, absolute died in the wool evidentialist. We we don't got to debate that one. We're okay. On same side of that one, but as a as a Bayesian, the evidential support relation is a formal structure and when and, and there's it's a formal structure so, so it's, it's got multiple realizability there's lots of things that can be that can be evidence in the um contemporary debates in epistemology hold it up please in the contemporary debates in epistemology volume i defend a view um called uh that that takes evidence to be a functional role and it's tom kelly in his stanford encyclopedia article uh, he's a Princeton philosopher, specialist in evidence. He defends a really nice functional role view of evidence that uh, that something counts as evidence just in case it performs certain functional roles. So the evidential relation can be is multiply realizable. So there's all sorts of things that can function as evidence. One of the most common things that can function of evidence is um, a verified prediction. If if I if you if you observe some data, and a that hypothesis would be a fact by my uh, definition. Okay, um, and. Uh, and so that's you know what what Swinburne and others do is they take they take observations that are agreed upon, and they just point out that okay so point out meaning that that that, that fact indicates and and no atheist I mean no so the fact the fact does indicate philosopher I've ever met has ever denied that there's evidence for theism they just think the evidence against it out outweighs it. Whether okay, I, I get I get that, but I mean, so you you agree that it is that the, the, what what you say fact the, the observation of the data, which is the same thing that I'm saying for fact, and that it that points to, and I said that it indicates. So in fact, we are actually using the same language. The fact that indicates is still evidence. So I'm still waiting for. But you said, let me let me explain something else. I mean, when I I normally well, you do, haven't. What do you mean? You can't explain something else because you haven't explained anything yet. Something different, as in else. So that you'll understand the illustration of what I'm going here. Let me make an illustration for you. We'll see. I know I normally have to. I normally deal with creationism because I teach evolution. I can, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, what? Why? Why do you deal with? It's like your whole concept of Christianity is nothing but fundamentalism. They're the most dangerous. Right? Okay, so what? But they're also not like the definition of the view. In, an, in another in another recent debate, we there's we, lots of Christians that are. Christians that are dangerous. There's, there's atheists that are dangerous, but we're talking and about that's the irrelevant view. to the point that either of us were trying to make. Now that's just another interruption. It's part of the whole so, purpose of no, our. No, no, it isn't. So what I was trying to get to you, you, the fundamentalists, right? So the they are the most Christian, right? I mean, they're the most died. No, of, they're the least the Christian. Hardcore. They're, they're the, the least, least extreme. Hold on, Trent. Oh, sorry, forgive you. I, I love you guys are both passionate. I just want to let Aaron uh, get this point out really quick. Okay, so I'm trying to, I've been sidetracked so many times I don't even remember which point I'm going. So okay, so I'm talking to creationism, and uh, they always tell me that they always want to do the, the a number of of switches. Um, the, the false dichotomy. The the uh, creationism is based on evidence, and 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 science is based on faith. That's always the the false equivocate or the false equivalence fallacy that they're always trying to use, and so I just I just see every discussion opening with that. And when the creationists tell me that there is no evidence of evolution, I start giving exact examples of evidence of evolution. Of course, they don't, they don't accept that because they want evolution to be godlessness instead of a biological process. So when I'm starting to describe biological processes, I'm going over their head because they don't want to know what is really true. But here, 
if if we want to argue creation versus evolution, I give that you know, here's the thing that we watch in the lab. We watch evolution happen. This is the definition of what evolution is, and they'll they'll argue that it's not that that's not evolution. But you know, hey, here's the, here's the thing, here's the proof that it exists. Now, give me an example of creationism. Give me an example of something being created. You know, we we don't have that. So give me an ex give, I give the evidence for anything I claim from the fossil record, from genetics, from whatever, from phylogeny, whatever it is, I give the evidence to back that up. What I get from the Christian never qualifies as evidence in the same context. Done? Yeah. Okay. So in response to your opening remarks, um, it sounded like one of the criticisms of Christianity that made it dangerous was that it requires um, belief? Yeah. Okay. On pain of death or fate worse than death. Is it, um, is it, is it the requirement to believe by itself a bad making feature or is it only when conjoined with? If you're required to believe anything and you're going to be punished if you don't believe that, that's already, that's already a thought crime. Let's say you're, aren't you like in charge of some kind of atheist group, some organization or entity or something? I'm a I'm a regional uh, director of American Atheists. Uh, American Atheists. Mm -hmm. Are to be a member? Could I be a member of that group? No. Why not? Because it's an atheist organization. I've got to hold a specific belief to be a member of your organization. Yeah, it's that's a group rough, of atheists. That's rough, man. Yeah. That's rough. And we have had atheists that have bowed out because they've decided to go back to their. Christian flock. What if, for what if I reason? was an atheist when I joined, but I mm -hmm. became a Christian? What would happen to me then? Are you going to be any kind of an advocate for First Amendment defense? Because we could probably still use you, even if it wouldn't make any sense for you to go into our, any of our events. Suppose the answer is no. I believe the First Amendment's garbage. You think the First Amendment is garbage? No, I said suppose that I believe scenario oh i'm sorry i just i just was about to declare victory in this debate so, <laughs> <laughs> so the first amendment is one of the most important things we have and of course the first amendment contradicts the first commandment which is another thing that makes okay so i had a, so I had a very direct question the okay. question was if i join your group mm -hmm. as an atheist who loves the first amendment mm -hmm. and then a burst of gamma rays from alpha centauri hits my brain and i form the belief that atheism is false and that the First Amendment is garbage, what happens to me in your group? Well, if you're not going to be an advocate, if you're not going to be helpful to us, then you would leave. I w what if I didn't want to leave? I'm trying to imagine a situation we've never had to forcibly remove somebody. But you, but you would. Why wouldn't I? Um, if, you're, if you're not going to be a part of this organization, if you're not going to appreciate being in this organization, why would you continue to attend? That's a, that's a really relevant question, but my question is, what would you do to me in that situation? That's the question. Again, having never experienced that, I couldn't say. You can't imagine? You can't imagine what would happen if a member of your atheist group became a First Amendment or a, a, a Christian fascist? We both know what would happen, and everybody listening knows How do, what would how do we both know? I mean, if, if I don't know, if I, remember what I said about... I, I would be executed Pope Raw. Excuse me, Mr. Christian. Remember what I said about it being dishonest to assert baseless speculation as though it were fact? Don't assert that you know what I know because you don't. And that was a false statement you just made. I'm don't do it again. Confident. I'm pretty old. Oh. 
Yeah. Don't do it again. Yeah. What will happen if I do? You may not know how to leave an organization when you're not welcome, but I do. Sure, but the, that wasn't the question. The question was what would happen to me? Would I be allowed to be a member? The question is, if you're going to keep telling me what I, what I know when I, you don't know what I know, so you were therefore lying, if all you're going to do is lie to me, then I have no purpose in being here. I, what I said was, I think we all have a pretty good idea. What we don't, as I just expressed honestly. So you, and you didn't say that we have a pretty good idea. You said we both know. Uh, no, we don't. After yeah. that, if I, we did, did, I, I, do think, I do think we both know. I don't, I don't lie. So when I said I don't know, that means I don't know. That well, I'll take, you know I'll take your word for it, but I still believe I know what you would do. And furthermore, Christians I, are used to believing things that are not I would, true. I get I would that. Prove of it. I would think you were doing exactly the right thing when you gave me the boot from the atheist group when I became a Christian. Perfectly appropriate. I think that um, any atheist group would be right to we do. We did that. have I one person. If I joined we, the American we, Humanist. We did have one person and came to believe back. the proposition that was the negation of the conjunction of all their tenants. I think they would be right to kick me out. Well, that wouldn't be. If I joined that the Communist be. Party and came to believe in that communism was terrible, I think they'd be right to kick me out. The only person that, that we've kicked out, to my knowledge, that actually did go back to the to the Christian congregation, also got into trouble over uh, some other unrelated issues, and that's why that person had to be removed. Okay, but that was the that's the only instance I know of. So the the other one was that. Um, Christian. So we were still we were still waiting to go down that stairway with you about what was the evidence that changed your mind. I mean, the, the first step of that stairway was what convinced you that there was a supernatural. Well, we can we'll get there. But right now, I'm still I took a I took nice little notes on your opening remarks. And I want <clears> to <throat> your okay. opening remarks justice by because it seemed like there were three points. We've covered the first one. The second one appeared to be that um, Christianity had been used for um, bad political purposes. <laughs> and that's all it's capable of, yeah. It, so no one at any time or place on planet Earth has used Christianity for any positive purpose? Well, we can, uh, we can go with that, that weird stretch, but that's, of course, not what I said. If you walk away, and, and this is an argument, statement, I thought. A, a couple of months ago I had a debate about whether Christianity has historically conflicted with science, and giving all of the examples to prove yes, that is the case, you know, there'd be no number of things that you could say in this instance, not, not being objectionable to science doesn't mean that Christianity has never been. But the issue that this guy brought up was... Um, that it, you're, not every Christian objects to evolution, for example. Not every Christian is a geocentrist. Not every Christian is a flat earther and so forth. True, the, but then that's where you're walking away from the religion. If you actually buy into it like the fundamentalists do, where you know the word is the law and that's the way you're going to believe it, then yeah, you have to object to virtually all science. So what was this? It sounded so... What's the second point then? Because okay, it really so didn't you, sound so like you, you were saying that. And this was brought up, I think, in the introduction. Or no, it wasn't in the introduction. It was in a debate that I did last week where they, they were complaining that the less religious you are, the more reasonable you are. And, every, and, it, it, and religious people who are moderate will, uh, like yourself, 
tell me that, you know, we're both on the same side of this issue. We're not with those crazies over there. Right. So the it's more the more zealous, the more fundamentalist you are, then the more against science you are and the more you're going to be like the, the dominionists who want to promote, you know, to, to want to take over the government and, and replace it with a theocracy that enforces Levitical law. For example, I've actually met those people. Yeah, all four of them. No, it wasn't four of them. That's the reason I became an activist was because I had found out that the certain judges and senators had been placed by a coalition of different congregations across the state that were all voting as their ministers told them because the ministers combined yeah, this is the these are the people they wanted to have elected in their state. And they revealed to me what was later revealed to be the wedge strategy. Are you familiar with the wedge strategy? Yep, then into the wedge. Okay, so that's what they were talking about. They were, but they were a little bit more uh, zealous because they were following R.J. Rushduni of the Chalcedon Institute. And then they had a list of senators that their collective congregations had successfully put into our state, our state and federal government. So not all four of them, but quite a lot. I don't know how many dozens of dozens, but there were quite a lot in order to have elected all of these people in a in a coordination of different congregations across the state. Certainly not four. Well, certainly not like you mean you think like the majority of people voting for them were traced back to this trilateral commission. Did I say anything that could draw a reasonable person to draw that conclusion? Well, yeah, yeah I think so, because you, you said they installed him. That's yeah, they were, vote, they were voting as a coalition. That does not mean that everybody who voted for that judge is part of one of those congregations. I know. I said, do you think the majority did? I would have no idea. Well, if you have no idea, why are you talking about this? Okay, because I did state that the brag was that it was a collection of congregations yeah. to negate your, to your claim that it was only four people. Obviously, multiple congregations joke. across the state is not four people. Yeah, that was a joke. The, the point okay. is, and the, and the, the fact that we is, actually do it's not have, that many people. With the I mean, fact that the fact that we I mean, had, a lot. Of, I mean, there the just aren't that, that had, many guys. The fact out. that we had more than a dozen people in our federal government at that time, who came from the Chalcedon Institute, would be further evidence of this. Well, so, so what's the claim about the political use of? Is it is it that? I still I'm not getting the second point. You said. Christianity was used for nefarious political purposes. Oh, yeah. The, the, the sticking point was where I said that's all it can do. Yeah, because, yeah. That's why that's yeah. why you said because, all. And then I said then I said my thing about do you do you not think there's been a single person ever? And you said, like, for example, more extreme, since we're, since we're holding up. Like, books. But you said all. Yeah, I, no, I didn't say all. I said it's the only purpose it can do. And well, this book's the, that's an all state. If you convert that, I mean, logic is A.E.I.O. That's yeah. a type A proposition. Yeah, if you stick to the rules of Christianity, yeah, that's then a negative government is all you can do. And the book I was just holding up was giving a few hundred examples of that, where going through the founding of this country, for example, and where Christianity and Christian belief constantly contradicts everything that our country was based on. It's so funny because right, right down to the Ten other, Commandments. You got these. I got these. I got the fundamentalists on my right telling me, you know, this is a Christian nation and all this stuff. And yeah, and all by the way, let me let me promote this book because this was true. this was extraordinarily good. Right, this is uh, the founding myth: why Christian nationalism is un-American by Andrew Seidel yeah. from the Freedom from Religion Foundation. I uh, extremely good book. 
Yeah, I certainly believe that. So I've got, I've got these, I got these uh, fundamentalists on this side telling me, you know, doing this Christian nation thing. And I've got you over here telling me, like, that's all it can do. And it's just funny to be in the middle here listening to both sides. And Yeah, as I said, the, the, the First Amendment contradicts the First Commandment. I mean, that just makes a demonstration right there. What's so, the First Commandment? The First Commandment, thou shalt have no other gods before me. And how does the First Amendment contradict that? That Congress shall make no law even establishing. A, or excuse me, even even respecting an establishment of religion, nor prohibiting the free exercise thereof, so that the state cannot claim a religion, nor impede on anyone else's religious practices. And this is on the assumption that there are multiple religions now. This is religious freedom. That you can't have freedom of religion unless you have freedom from religion. Because once the state declares its own faith, thus once the state declares a national faith, then every other denomination or every other sect become second-class citizens to be oppressed and in many instances guilt. So I'm not getting the contradiction between the First Amendment and the First Commandment. You're going to have Thou to shalt me. have no other gods before me. Right. Have so whatever gods you want. Can we just slow down? Okay. So the, the negation of that, the contradiction of that would be, it is the case that thou shalt have other gods before me. So, so that's you what can. the according means. according to our First Amendment, you can have other. Uh, you know, the state the state is not a religious government; it's we the people, and the, the Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment yeah. of religion, nor prohibiting free exercise thereof. So, it doesn't matter what yeah. you believe; that is irrelevant to your 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 position or your citizenship. And that's why it went on to say that you know that's not were, what it says. What? Not what it says. It does say exactly what I just said. Yes. No. The Congress shall make no law respecting no, no, the, the thing that you said after that was the supposed nor prohibiting the free exercise thereof. It actually does say exactly that verbatim. Yeah, but you what you gave an implication of it. And then said. I said that's why they went later and also wrote that there will be no religious no religious tests to hold any office. That it also says as well. There's no contradiction. I mean, just formally speaking, as a logician. Okay. There's so the, so God is saying. Mean, well, hold on, I just want to say. Do you mean their intention, or do you, any you other mean their intention, or do you mean they're literally contradictory? Because it might be that as a logician, I'm like imposing my formal language on you, and I don't want to do that. Okay, so we have we have this God who says that you can't worship any other God, and then we no, have this government. I got a more basic question. The basic question was when you said they're in contradiction. Did you mean logical contradiction? Because I took you to mean logical contradiction. You might only mean their intention. I just want to know which one you mean. Well, I think we're going for intention here. God doesn't want you to have any other religion, and, and we know that any deviation from that is punishable by death. So that's, if you question it, right, if that's, uh, that, that's heresy, apostasy, uh, apostasy, or blasphemy, right? But in this country, blasphemy is a right. Yeah, but <laughs> if, God, if God tells me not to have any other gods before me... Right, then there's going to be no deviation from and that. The state, and the state tells me... Believe whatever you want. I don't care. Yep. Okay. There's no tension there. Yeah. They, 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 so we obviously have not been established by God. Uh, my state, Texas, in its history books, teaches, despite every expert testimony that, that was there. I mean, there were, there were dozens of people, professors from all these universities, even religious universities, Jewish, Christian, and so forth, that were giving their testimony that this country was not a Christian country that 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 American exceptionalism is a is a myth, 
and that the United States was absolutely not, and the founding fathers were explicit in their denial of this, that it was not in any sense based on the Ten Commandments specifically, nor on any aspect of Christianity. Now, where are we going with this? Wherever you were leading, you were asking questions, I was given an answer. My question was, how is the first commandment and the first amendment in contradiction? The first and commandment the, expl says, the explanation that I gave was that God says, says to God's people, don't set another God up instead of God. And the first amendment says, believe whatever you want, we don't care. Well, in that sense, we, Christianity also contradicts the first There's commandment. There's no tension there whatsoever. Well, yeah, there is, because God says in Isaiah 45? No, no, I'm sorry. No, it's it's the first commandment. God says, thou shalt have no other gods before me. And then Jesus comes along and says that the way to the Father is, the only way to the Father is through me. So just to be Christian means that you have to contradict the first amendment. But then the founding of the government. The first amendment or the first commandment? You said first amendment. Which The first amendment of the, con of the Constitution contradicts the first commandment in that where God is demanding you can't have any other religion, including no heresy, you can't deviate, you believe what I say, period, and the government is saying, no, you, you have freedom of religion. The thou in thou shalt have no other gods before me are the people of God. So God says to me, don't have any other gods before me. And then... Right. Except for Jesus, we'll somehow make an exception for him. the U.S. Constitution says to me, I don't give a shit what you believe. Right. So there's just no, there's so, not even a prima facie. So you, so right. So the, the the prima facie thing is is God says you can't have freedom of religion. Government says yes, you can. Uh, the first commandment has nothing to do with political. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Okay. Right. That's so, right. He no freedom of religion. Me. No freedom of religion. The U.S. government says yes, you can have freedom of religion. So the no you can't and the yes you can kind of contradict each other. Okay, all right. So the, then the third, the third thing was something about you to be a Christian, you have to lie to yourself. Yep. And then you said something about witnessing and pretending. Yep. Because faith is make-believe. You have to make yourself believe. Because if you don't believe, then you're damned. Right. It doesn't matter whether you're a good person. A lot of a lot of Christians get really weird about this and they want to make the, they want to make morality an issue as if that was relevant. And that's kind of a mystery to me. I never understood why Christians think morality is an issue for God, because God doesn't because doesn't judge you on whether you're good or bad, regardless whether there's a God or God or not. History will be your judge. Well, and I, and how. But I mean, you're presenting honestly, Aaron. You're presenting Aaron. great. Sorry, what? Aaron. Aaron. Dang it. Dang it. Aaron. Uh, you're presenting a great arguments against fundamentalism. I think that's okay. awesome. Okay. I'm with you, man. And, but I, I, it's not, as you can see, uh, or should see soon, it's not uh, limited to fundamentalism. So even on the basis of, on the most basic acceptance of Christianity, you still I mean, have to believe. Everything you're saying is so foreign to the Catholic position. One sec, just to make sure I to hear the, what you were going after, Aaron. What was the point you were making? The basic ascension, that you have to believe something that if the Christians will say, well, we don't believe without evidence. I'm gonna say, yeah, you believe without evidence. And we're say, oh, we got lots of evidence. We've got this magic book of fables. 
Yeah, that's the problem. You, all you've got is a magic book of fables. That doesn't prove anything. Then you may as well claim that there is evidence for, for Islam and there's evidence for Hinduism. I think there is evidence for Islam and evidence for Hinduism. Well, I just think it's outweighed, but I think there's evidence for atheism. Okay, so you're using a historian's context of evidence, not a scientific context of evidence. I'm using the uh, the Bayesian context of evidence. I historians, think historians will use a, a context of history of uh, evidence that you can have good evidence or bad evidence, evidence that weighs against other evidence, and you can read because it's all interpretations of writing then you can have indications to a particular interpretation and they will call that evidence of that interpretation and others will of course interpret it differently. But science has a different definition where you can't have the same evidence be evident of two different mutually exclusive conclusions at the same time. Now you can do that in history for the reasons I just explained, but you can't do it in science. <laughs> I don't I don't see why that's funny. That's just a fact. It just, I, have you read anything about Bayes' theorem? No, I haven't. I So the Stanford Encyclopedia of Philosophy has a really great article on Bayes' theorem. I think it's written by James Hawthorne, who's really, really, really good writer. And I'm pretty sure he's not a Christian or anything like it. Um, um, but he's not a real doctrinaire guy. Um, in the Bayesian concept of evidence... Um, a proposition is evidence just in case it raises the probability of a hypothesis over and above what it was before. And um, the more and more of us in epistemology or in a discipline, discipline called formal epistemology are accepting a Bayesian concept of evidence. And in the philosophy of science and the discipline within the philosophy of science called confirmation theory, um, by and large, clear, are you confusing the philosophy of science with the practice of science? No. Because the last time I mentioned the words philosophy of science, I was immediately accused of that simply for saying those words. I'm sorry. Yeah, just, I just wanted to throw that out because that's must what have, happens to me. Anytime I, anytime I say that, I'm immediately accused of not knowing the difference between the two. Go ahead. No, good philosophers of science do rational reconstructions of what the people who practice science do. So Richard Swinburne does this in his book, The Existence of God. He talks his prime case is the way that Newton's theory generalized both Kepler's laws of planetary motion and Galileo's observations about the motions of falling bodies. And so he points out that rightly people came to believe in Newton's theory. And so he gives a rational reconstruction as, uh, as to how the data of Kepler and Galileo confirm Newton's theory. Um, and he also does the same thing with respect to the case for evolution as made in Darwin's Origin of Species. And philosophers of science within the confirmation theory will look at these paradigm cases of excellent scientific inference and will determine that they have a common mathematical structure represented by Bayes' theorem and the Bayesian concept of evidence. And um, that's the view that I subscribe to. It's the view that my favorite you know, mentors and philosophers of religion subscribe to like Richard Swinburne and others and it's also the the view of atheists like um, um, John Ehrman who think that um, natural Bart? natural theology works the same Bart? way that particle physics does you mean Bart <laughs> no 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 you mean John Ehrman not Bart Ehrman no 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 Bart Ehrman's he's in he a New Testament guy 
Yeah, I, I, I'm not, I've never heard of John Ehrman. I just thought this is the only one I'm familiar with. Now, John Ehrman's I, a, a philosopher of science who writes on uh, Bayesian epistemology and philosophy of science. He wrote a great book called Bayser Bust. Man, if you want to read one book on Bayesian epistemology, his book, Bayser Bust, is really fantastic. Okay. And it's called Bayser Bust because <laughs> he points out that the argument is that only, only Bayesian confirmation theory can um, really be true to the history of science and actual scientific inferences and is also the only view that can deal with a lot of paradoxes within confirmation theory. And so his, the Bayesian bust idea is, is basically that either you accept a Bayesian concept of, of evidence and confirmation theory, or you're just kind of screwed. And, and I believe that too. And both myself and the, the Eastern Orthodox Richard Swinburne and, and lots of atheists hold to this view. Uh, atheist uh, Paul Draper, who I think is absolutely fantastic, um, all these, all these. Okay. Is, is there some assumption that I'm going to contest this or that it's relevant to our discussion? Yeah, because if you hold a Bayesian confirmation theory in the philosophy of science, it's going to be almost trivially true that there's going to be lots of evidence for Christianity. Um, okay, and- let's, let's, let's chase that for a moment, because I maintain that there is none and that that's the reason why in 20 years of talking to Christians daily, I've never gotten an answer to that question about what the evidence is. So starting on that, uh, you you went from atheist to first step, you have to assume there's a supernatural. How did you, what was the evidence of that? Well, I didn't assume it. It was- how How did you, what was the evidence, the fact that indicates that there's a supernatural? There were hundreds. Name one. One was the, as evidence. One was the uh, changed lives of the individuals in the congregation. That was um, that also applies to every religion and paranoid conspiracy theorists. That right. any, anybody can duplicate this. All you, you can adopt a new hobby or become interested in politics and get the changed lives effect. There's no that's right truth to that. Every religion claims the same thing, so that's the fact that is true in every case. That's right. Does not indicate that there's a supernatural. It but does I'll, I'll indicate. Grant, it I'll does grant that it indicated it for you. So, no, what you're missing. That first one doesn't qualify as evidence. No, but no. I'm going to take. Iran, that no, you're you're literally just missing the point. You're literally literally just missing the point. It's a it's a it's a. Well, if it were literal, then there would be a point there, and we'd be able to standard, touch it. But it's figuratively <laughs> missing. Figurative it's a figurative literal. point. You know, I came across this figurative use of literal the other day. The earliest instance that I've seen it was in Anne of Green Gables. They used literally that way. I found that that was interesting. Yeah, it's and they've, they've recently changed the dictionary so that literally, literally anymore. Non-literal use of literal I've seen. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so that was. So what, what was the what was the point that you think I missed? So you acted as though the the propos- you you acted as though you believed the following proposition. Um, one piece of data can't support um, mutually exclusive uh, hypotheses. No, that's why I've expressed earlier in this discussion quite opposite. I did not express that thing. I said, so what? I said what you can you can have data that supports either view, but then it's just a fact. It doesn't become evidence until well, you're just one or eliminate. My point is, what you said was, you said, let's go down that rabbit hole when I was mm-hmm. describing the Bayesian concept of evidence. And so I was working with the Bayesian concept of evidence there. Now, if you want to reject the Bayesian concept of evidence, which I'm not doing, 
I'm, I'm rejecting a claim that I, does not qualify as evidence. I don't care who wrote it. It doesn't evidence. qualify as evidence. On the Bayesian concept okay. of evidence, that's going to qualify because that's All going right. to... All right. So you have, so you have to change lives that affects every other thing. Every, every religion claims the same thing. I've, I've read testimonies from Hindus, from the Bhakti, yeah. from, from people in Thailand who, who were worshiping the traditional gods. There was one, so, my favorite one, my favorite one. Where are you going with this? Where are you going? To the end of a sentence, if I could get there. I remember reading a testimony of this one woman in Thailand who said that you know, she talked about this changed life, how, her, how her, her life was in the gutter and everything completely changed and turned around and she felt new life as soon as she accepted Buddha into her life. I don't think she understands Buddhism if that's what she I don't said. either, obviously, you know, because I've talked to a number of Buddhists and I've like, found huge that contributions. Her, that experience on her part is evidence for Buddhism. Again, if it's the same fact indicated by all religions, then it can't indicate the truth of any of them. If only one of them can be true, and they're all experiencing the same thing, then the thing by, is not indicating the truth. By your setup, we were talking about the first step from atheist to non-atheist. Uh-huh. Yep. By my setup, and you failed that criteria, and then told me that I missed criteria the point that I did not plural. miss. Criteria is plural. You mean criterion. Okay. So the so the problem is that that first step from atheist to not atheist, from naturalist to supernaturalist, it's perfectly expectable that no. the evidence that is part of that, that one part of that evidence, because I did say there were hundreds. Yeah, yeah but the, the the one that you listed supports the category. But you, you understand the one that you listed, not just a particular isn't. member. The one that, that you species. listed is so not evidence. evidence. Supported genus, and then you have further evidence to narrow down species within that genus. But we're talking about what you asked me about was the transition from naturalism to supernatural. And and there's no objection to that that the evidence that I mentioned supports Except any number of supernaturalist evidence. positions. That's Except that it is not evidence, because the same fact would be true in every case. Every case of what? Oh my God! Do I have really have to repeat everything? Over again? Well, but you might, if you if you mean every case whatsoever, okay. So mistaken versus every case of religion, then that's not right, an so objection. When, when that's the what Beatles, I just said. When the Beatles, for example, uh, go through the, their their conversion experience and uh, they accept uh, uh, Krishna into their lives, and the you know John Lennon and, and uh, George Harrison both went on about how they could uh, they had a personal relationship with Krishna so much so. That when they chant the mantras, that not only could they imagine that he was hearing them, but they could actually see him and hear him. That he was actually in the, that Krishna is actually in the room with them. With the things those guys were taking, I believe they thought they saw that. Now, is that evidence that Krishna is true? Technically, yeah. It's just not very, it's not great evidence. Yeah, and maybe Bayesian evidence. But it, and maybe historical story. evidence, but it is not scientific evidence. It can be part scientific of it. evidence. There's no historical versus scientific. On the Bayesian view, all evidence conforms to the same structure. If it is evidence. But the same fact being true in either case does not make it evidence. I don't think you Scientific evidence has to be true. It has to be verifiable. That is also in the standard encyclopedia philosophy, I, by uh, the way. I so so, so scientific evidence is defined in the Stanford uh, Stanford Encyclopedia of Philosophy that it has to be true. There has to be some way of verifying it, and it has to evoke a natural law. So 
Yours doesn't. In that's, because, that's because I'm a Bayesian. And that, that, that view, the Bayesian view, as I've just said many times, holds that okay. the, the evidencing relation is a, is a structural thing. It's a formal thing. So it doesn't matter whether it's literature or history or Okay. So, take, okay. so really, what I would take. So do you I do you accept the, the, the hypothesis of common descent that humans and chimps share a common ancestor? Of course. Okay, good. Well, I don't know. Maybe you got some other alien. I mean, I don't want to just like jump to the conclusion. I debated an atheist like a month ago who didn't who said he didn't know. So I mean, I don't know. I'm totally new to the world of internet atheists. I did tell you earlier in this discussion that I teach evolution on my channel. Yeah, but you might believe that the the, the branch occurred you some other. You understand that evolution is not a belief, right? You don't believe in evolution. You just said you did. We're using two contexts here. Uh, the religious. I, I try to stray away from using the word belief because believers mean make believe. That's and not if I say that I believe something, it means that I think it's true, but I don't know it to be true. A believer make believe he, they they are pretending that it's true to make themselves believe that it's true even if they know it's not true and i've even gotten admissions of that well, i'm sure there are some people like that yeah but i'm an evidentialist i don't i don't like that and i'm an epistemist you're a what epistemist what is that one who rejects faith as being the most dishonest position it is possible to have and thus any belief that requires faith should be rejected for that reason so so a few years ago, I had a, a, a three-year grant to study the nature of faith. And if you go to a website called thenatureandvalueoffaith.com, there's a bibliography there on the nature of faith and a report of three conferences we did uh, and a bunch of papers. You know, it's one of those things where for the granting organization, you have to, you know, guarantee a certain number of publications. I think we got like a hundred publications over the three years from, from all the team members. Did any of them actually include evidence that I would accept as evidence, meaning the definition of evidence? Dude, I don't know what you're going to accept as evidence, but my but point I is... I have already given both my definition and the Stanford Encyclopedia, uh, Stanford Encyclopedia philosophy. A definition. Yes. I'm a Bayesian. I'm a Bayesian, okay. bro. And if it if it ain't Bayesian, if it ain't Bayesian, it, it ain't shit. Okay. So when we're talking about scientific evidence, so let's talk about that. faith. You made an assertion about faith, and, and I, I'm proving the point right now, because when I said that it is a belief that is based on logical fallacies, is based on arguments from authority, it's based on subjective impressions, which was your case, but it's based on anything. Well, it was an observation. I objectively observed that these people's lives were different. Through all of them having subjective impressions yes same the same look bud the same thing's true every every time a scientist looks at a gauge they want to see where the needle goes into the red it starts with experience i mean you have a subjective experience that is phenomenal red and you're like yeah this Are you familiar with the concept of of a control group yes right so so we have a, everybody of any any religion every religion neo-pagan whatever Can private solitary practitioner wiccan doesn't matter they all have this uh this, this kind of elation when they when they accept what they now imagine to be the truth or other whatever subjective reason and then they all have this you know, every religion not every person but every religion has devotees that claim this conversion experience yep. meaning that the experience does not indicate clearly cannot indicate the truth of the belief not if every that's, belief has it that's just so obviously false 
from a Bayesian perspective. Okay, okay. So you're saying that I, I have a friend who lives not two miles from here, who who is a devotee, of, a disciple of the Egyptian cat-headed goddess Bast, for the very understandable reason that she appeared to him, not just visibly, not just audibly, baiting that he be her disciple, but tangibly because she then gives him a hug before she embraced him as her new disciple before she evaporated in evanescence. evanescence now for I love that word. Yeah. So that's that would be a great name for a band, wouldn't it? Yeah, if only somebody had would do that. Yes. So this guy's telling me that he not only has a personal God, and a lot of Christians will say that theirs is a personal relationship, well all these other people claim to have personal relationships too. Has Jesus hugged you? This guy, this guy's God showed up topless and hugged him. <laughs> that was pretty cool. Well, you now think about it. Where is, are we going? Where are we going? That experience that he recounts, that he believes. Yeah, is that evidence of the truth of that belief that she actually exists? Yes. You think Bast exists because my crazy friend thinks he hugged her? No, but he's got some evidence. He's got non-zero evidence. How does he have? He doesn't have a fact. He doesn't have anything that is testable. He does have or, a fact. He's got his experience. That's a that's fact. That's what he's got. He's got a subjective impression. He doesn't have evidence. Well, look, why do you think there's an external world? Why do you think there's a white mug in front of you? What's your evidence? Why is there an external world? Because there no, can't. Why be... do you believe it? Why do you believe there's a white mug in front of you? Because I, as as uh, as Humes explained. We have no choice. You it have no choice. Yep, we literally have no choice. We ha we are forced to make the same assumptions that a baby would or that an animal would because it is literally impossible to function otherwise. It is madness to attempt to question the the, the existence of the external world. What you is can, your you evidence? The extent. What is your evidence that there's a white mug in front of you? Hold on, one sec. I just want to—I hate to interject, just to make sure that Aaron, you're done making that last point. I appreciate that you guys are. Yeah, I, just, I do want to. I just want, want to throw out one more thing in all of these discussions because it, it always follows the same track. The Christian says, "Faith is not a belief that is not based on evidence." Okay, what's your evidence? I don't have any. I have evidence that doesn't qualify as evidence, but I have this objective impression that I'm going to call evidence, and then I'm going to redefine everything, and then I'm going to because my 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 perspective is so based on falsehood that the only argument I can make is to question whether reality is real the only way i could be wrong or the only way i could be right is if reality is wrong and so they have to question whether reality exists in his case it's questioning how i know that i have a white mug in my front of me in the, in the case of the last christian who said that it was i can't prove that i existed two weeks ago because i could have been created with false memories that's the argument all the time it's the same argument for 20 fucking years well maybe you ought to come up with a better answer I'm asking the question, and you're giving I'm me asking. the wrong answers. <laughs> so, so here's a question for you. What is your evidence that there's a white mug in front of you? I have sensory perceptions and constant experimentation, outside observations, which are all concordant with the same conclusion, without any deviation or contradiction. No, I mean, right now. What is your evidence that there's a white mug in front of you right now? That exact thing that I just answered. So repeat say it again, please. What's that? Could you repeat it, please? The constant experimentation, right? Continuous outside observations as well. Yeah. Constantly running without observation. What's yes. an observation? What is an observation? Both what I observe with my eyes, feel with my fingers, taste feel. with other senses and feel. so forth. Taste. Oh, 
So yes. these are subjective experiences. How, how and outside observation, because remember the difference between objective and subjective is that subjective is dependent only on your own personal opinions and perspective. Yeah, but whereas he, objective would be allowing other people's perceptions to correct where you might be wrong. So, so, so you, you're so you're in a room by yourself, and and it's just and you're like to argue that reality can't be real because you failed to give me any evidence but you're going to claim that you gave me evidence and you're going to claim that i am ignorant because i didn't accept the subjective impression that you offered instead of evidence when i said you were only going to give me an subjective impression instead of evidence you proved my case but of course will not admit it and we've been into this an hour and 20 minutes and we're clearly not going to go any further well are we i'm done? trying to discern what your concept of evidence is well, then you should have listened the first three times I defined it. Are we done? No, not even close. Jim? We've got a, let's see, I think we're close to over time. I've got two minutes, but I did start it a few minutes late. So, but, all right. I still want to know what you're, you know, the, you, it is very telling that when forgive you. Forgive me. I just uh, forgive me, Trent. I'm so sorry. I, sorry. I, I, I did start it a couple of minutes late. So we are at the point at which we would go into the Q&A. So uh, if you guys are okay with it. Uh, Q and A. I think I'd be delighted because I don't. I still want to know what is that. It's gotcha. yeah, that's fine. Can, he so he we'll, went to his we'll objective experience. Then, the then play back the video and watch the three times I explain it to you before this. We'll jump into the Q and A. I hate to must. interrupt Brent, uh, Trent. Sorry about that. I just want to make sure that we get as many questions as we can. We appreciate everybody's questions and just want to remind everybody. Uh, both speakers' links are in the description, and I will be uh, getting. Trent's new link, which is to his podcast, Slam Harris. That's going to be in there in a sec. As of now, Slamharrispodcast.com. And by, by the way, yeah. what article did you suggest that I read on Bayesian something or other? Oh uh, yeah, it's on Bayes' theorem in um, the Stanford Stanford okay, so it's, just, it's just Bayes' theorem. I thought it was Bayesian something else. Well, oh, the okay. at the bottom of that article will be links to relevant um, other relevant that, articles. That, that's fine. That's yeah. fine. I, I thought you had given a different second word, so that that's fine. I'll go ahead and read that. Yeah. It's really, it's really well written. Awesome. Thanks so much. And thrilled to jump into the Super Chats. By the way, want to let everybody know, 100% of the Super Chats will be going to Save the Children, which is a highly rated charity focused on feeding children throughout the world who are in poverty. So we appreciate all your Super Chats. And if you're in a position, just want to let you know, if, you, if you're in a position where you can't give Super Chats, you just by being here are supporting this channel you're indirectly supporting future uh charity streams that we do have just by being here watching and and the the most direct way you can help this channel is like things like thumbs up sharing stuff like that as we are excited about the future and we're kind of hoping to build that uh vision so with that first up god's servant said uh god is real and his name is jesus be baptized in jesus name acts 238 Thanks for your super chat. And uh, some of these... We're not going to read every empty assertion, are we? Can we stick to the questions? I was just going to say, we can... Because uh, that, this... that demonstrates my point about people asserting things they don't actually know as if they know it. Okay. We are happy to have each of the speaker give a response to any of the super chats. So uh, we're going to fly through and uh, some of these are trollish, such as Stephen Steen's next one, which is... We all win the debate when James is here. Very sweet and creepy, Stephen. Thanks so much. Jake3D, thanks for your super chat as well. He said, Aaron, uh, I love you, but you're wrong. Faith is basically nothing more 
than an equivocation tool. Purely dishonest in one sentence is often used two or more than three ways. Uh, obviously, you'll get a chance to respond to that, Aaron. Um, we what usually what we do is I I usually mention it up front, and I forgot to mention that super chats we just allow uh, super chats if they want to make a comment toward one of the speakers, and then of course the speaker is allowed to give a response to that. So yeah, I, I do I do cover the definition of faith in uh, in my book uh, where I cover like every reference, not just from dictionaries and so forth, but also from scriptures and every reference that the Bible makes to to faith is in the context that I use it. And a couple of them, a couple of them that you might not suspect, and also outside of Christian scriptures, also in, obviously the the, the, the Jewish, but also in uh, the Quran and the Bhagavad Gita. In fact, they all use faith the same way that I do. And Christians often argue this, but as we always see, it comes down to well, I'm going to call something evidence that wouldn't qualify as evidence by the definition you gave in the beginning. Hey, uh, Jim. Yeah. Could you link to this faith project website, the the nature and value of faith.com? Yes. Because we did a three we did a three year uh, international interdisciplinary study on the nature of faith. And um, yeah, it's not that we yeah. he's going to say that it's not that, but he couldn't give an example of it, given an hour of discussion. You couldn't give me an example of an. We, uh, Evidence just, yeah, yeah, I could forgive me just to, <laughs> yeah, I'm so sorry. I appreciate that you guys have passion, uh, just to keep going as quick as we can to get to the next one. We had David street. Thanks for your super chat. He said, Dr. Doherty, do you think Dr. Hovind, uh, do you think of Dr. Hovind as a peer? <laughs> That's for you, Trent. What? I don't, who? Maybe they're trolling you. I'm not sure, but, uh, that's, I don't know who that is. Well, it would not be fair to call him doctor. His uh, degree is basically a mail order catalog. I think he paid something like $100 for it. Hey, I paid way more than 100 Yeah. He, <laughs> oh, you were talking about the other guy. Gotcha. Yeah, he, just, he just ordered his online <laughs> so that he could call himself doctor. But he, he's known by another name, which is inmate number 0645217. Are you serious? Yeah, because he went We've to jail got, for two right, years. Forgive me. Fraud. Just to try to move through as many as we can. Landon Freeman uh, has the next one. This is one, by the way, you guys, there is one point of agreement. You guys both probably disagree with uh, Kent Hovind's view of origins. But Landon Freeman, thanks for your super chat. He said, for, for RN, what would lead you to consider theism? Uh, the kind of evidence that I described, a reason to actually expect that it exists, a control group, a fact that is not consistent for every religious or, or paranoid conspiracy theory or belief in past life remembrance or belief in extraterrestrials communicating telepathically. But if it was something that only happened when you, when you buy into Christianity specifically, if it was something unique to Christianity and it was something that we could test with a control group that would indicate a uniqueness to Christianity above all other religions, that would be something. Gotcha. Thanks so much. Appreciate that. Next up, Sijafredo Sarabia. We appreciate your super chat. He asks, in, he says, in China, Russia, and Germany have the most deaths in recorded history. Sometimes uh, these are like a interpreting them as they go. Does it have anything to do with their... Oh, okay. So I, he's saying, if China, Russia, and Germany have the most deaths in recorded history, does it have anything to do with their secularism? Wasn't... No, because at least in one of those cases, they weren't. 
uh, Stalin, for example, began as a Christian minister before he went berserk, and Hitler was definitely Christian. He identified, he originally described the Nazis as a Christian social movement. He said it was his anti-Semitism was motivated by religious beliefs rather than racial knowledge. And he spoke many times that he was going to advocate and defend Christianity, that it was a Christian nation, that the Nazis were a Christian movement, and that the reason they were killing Jews was out of belief in Christianity. And he, he said that the Kristallnacht specifically although he declared he declared himself catholic he said that the the kristallnacht was actually inspired by the anti-semitism of martin luther and martin luther was extremely anti-semitic yeah i don't like that guy yeah gosh yeah so, i'm glad we found something else we yeah agree. we <laughs> trust me trust me we both we both do not like martin luther at all <laughs> a couple of guys you guys are in disagreement with martin luther and kent hoban so uh Rabia, so, uh, thanks. The, the common ground is just building all the time <laughs> yeah have, a... you, have you read much of martin luther I mean, oh i've read a lot of martin luther it's... I've, I've seen a number of quotes attributed to him so i i didn't know how how i how i could verify all of these so oh, no, he's i rough, just got man. some of his sermons and i started reading through his sermons and it was it really was as despicable as the mind quotes make it out to be. Yeah, I don't like that guy. Gotcha. Thanks so much. Um, and then yeah, he didn't just hate gays; he hated women too. And the big thing for me was that he hated reason. He said that reason was the greatest enemy of faith. Gotcha. Next up, Sigifredo Sarabia. Thank you for your super chat, which is a second one. He said, "Is it safe to teach kids a title on the origin of species by means of natural selection?" or the preservation of favored races in the struggle for life. Yeah, you got to bear in mind two things. One, what they used to write really long titles back in the day. And second, the word race in that book has nothing to do with people. Races was taken to mean the, the dual meaning of species and subspecies at that time. So favored uh, you know, survival of species, find another word for species that also means species in this case, races in his title. He didn't actually mention anything to do with races. Uh, well, he did in his first book, actually, uh, on the voyage of the Beagle, where it, Darwin made very clear that a lot of the allegations that are made against him are wholly false. He was being criticized for, for being uh, involved in eugenics and that the genocide that was going on against the Australoid people was, was because of him, was inspired by him. When in fact, when he showed up there decades before he came up with his theory of evolution, when he got there, he was lamenting that that was already, that was already happening before he got there and that he lamented it as a horrific practice. He was, he was actually hoping, hoping that the theory of origin of species would get rid of racism because whites and blacks came from the same ancestors. Yeah, yeah, and he argued he argued against race. He was, I mean, Franz Boas was made famous by saying that there is only one human race. Darwin actually said it first, but because of long flowery language, he didn't get the bumper sticker quote that people can put on T-shirts. His is a huge paragraph, but it's a beautiful and eloquent paragraph. Yeah, Darwin's pretty cool. His autobiography is very moving. He's challenged all of the scientists on his day that all had racist ideas. I mean, racism was ubiquitous. And Darwin, although he was a product of his time, he was ethnocentric. Uh, he, sorry, he was, he was reported to be sexist. I haven't seen anything specifically that that that, that shows him to be sexist. But I'll take people's word when they say this. On on the issue of being racist, Darwin was not racist. Clearly That's not. Sure. He absolutely was against eugenics. He didn't believe there was such a thing as other races. He he argued exact opposite of what Hitler did. Hitler argued, Hitler was a creationist. 
he um, he denounced a rejected evolution outright in Mein Kampf and it described it he said that belief in macroevolution was a sin against the eternal creator so Hitler actually argued that evolution was only possible within kinds and that it was not possible to evolve between kinds or have a new kind. that's a creationist argument you know and then of course he follows it with you know that it would be a sin against the eternal creator so I mean Hitler's views of racial superiority Darwin said there's no such thing as superiority and that um, what was the other one I can't there was another challenge that, that Darwin wrote before there ever was a Hitler Darwin was already countering Hitler's arguments with the science and Hitler just perverted all of that and somehow they get associated why I don't know the two men were completely opposite camps Nietzsche is uh, why they get yeah and then and, and and Darwin actually argued at one point that uh, that that he actually he advocated for the rights of uh, indigenous people in all of the southern climes that he went to, like South America, Africa, whatever, it, he, he was on their side for everything. And he was calling out the hypocrisy of the of the white men he is with, that they shouldn't be doing these terrible things to these innocent people. And how there would be this confirmation, but where there, there's, there's, there's this double standard where, you know, if this would have been a white woman that had done that, we'd be praising her heroism. But because she wasn't white, we're criticizing. That, this, is the, this is what Darwin wrote. And he said he would never again visit a slave country because he saw how people were dehumanized. So, I mean, clearly Darwin and, and Hitler were dead opposite. Gotcha. Thanks so much. Next up, we have Sigurdjofredo Sarabia. Uh, he says, can we kill because in God we trust? If not, heresy? What? I'm not sure. I uh, Let's see. I might be reading, I might be putting the comma on the wrong, like, interpreting it as can you sift through these <laughs> so he says can we kill cause in god we trust if not is it heresy i'm sure the idea is this like hey our money says in god we trust so we're ideologically committed to that as a country so if you don't believe in god yeah well by the way I, just for people who don't know it, it didn't say in god we trust until like 1957 or something like yeah, that it's pretty recent addition you know, it, it was added because of the the red scare and, and they that, that sort of christianized america so every time america gets scared of something they start putting god into our money and into the pledge because it wasn't in the pledge until like 1937 or something like that there's an old cartoon of parky pig saying the pledge of allegiance without under God in it because the cartoon was older than the addition to the pledge. You got it. Thanks so much. Next up. When I, when I was a little boy, I mean, we had just recently made the change. So I still had plenty of currency that still said E Pluribus Unum. And that was a much better slogan from many one. That was the original motto of this country. And it was a much, it was a much better ideal. Hmm. You got it. Next up. I'm sorry, Wilson said, why do Christians simply hand wave groups like the NIFB, which is, uh, I can't remember exactly. I think the it's... New Independent Fundamental Baptist Church. Thank you I'm very much. I protested them last Sunday, and I'm protesting them again this Sunday. You they bet. are the ones that, you know, the Bible says, or the fourth commandment says to honor thy father and thy mother so that thou will live a long life, right? You always wonder... Why does it, what does it have to do with living a long life? Why do you have to honor your father or mother in order to live a long life? Well, because it says elsewhere in the Bible that, that disobedient or disrespectful children will be taken out of the edge of the town and, and stoned to death. So that's what the NIFB rather that that's what the NIFB advocates. Practices that 
Yes, you say, well, here's, here's our son in a good life. According to the Bible, what's the, let, what's the question? It was, According to the Bible, you know, here's our son. He is disrespectful. He is a drunkard, so, so okay. the town will stone him to death. So the NIFB has these uh, extreme controversial views. Uh, and one of them is that in order to get your children to behave, that you should stone one of them to death and the other will, the others will get the idea. Okay, so what's the question? So they ask, why do Christians simply hand wave groups like the NIFB away by saying they're just a minority without actually disasso disassociating themselves from them? Kent Hovind, by the way, is one of the NIFB. I think... I mean, I'm happy to disassociate myself from those guys. I think they're fake, fake Christians. I think they're an abomination. And every Christian I know would say the same thing. I don't know. I mean, like, I don't know. You guys got to get better company. <laughs> All these dominionists and fundamentalists and stuff. I mean, like, they're out there, but they're such a and they're in, and they're and they own and control everything. Well, that's and a they're separate... writing legislation for all of us at every level of state and federal government. Okay. Next up, we have Sigifredo Sarabia. Uh, do atheists or theists lean towards a political party, uh, generally speaking? Well, that, that's going to be that's going to be fluid because you remember that the Democratic Party was actually started by the Ku Klux Klan. They were the racist party, and then in the '60s, the Republic. If, if, if this were the year that I was born, 1962, if I were an adult in that year, I would be a Republican and I would be a proud Republican. But they they kind of switched party platforms in the from 1962 to 1968 or thereabouts they switch platforms so that now all the racists and all of the religious fundamentalists are republicans all of them every <laughs> single one without exception i don't David actually Duke. know of any except i'll allow that there could be an exception but i i've they, seen they are I've so the, the evangelical movement has become synonymous with the republican party and there are believers in the uh, party too. But that, that was maybe true five or ten years ago. But the National Association of Evangelicals has drifted considerably. That's more true now than it was then, nope. because they, they got a huge surge in power once Trump was elected. That you were you are correct that a few years ago, before Trump was elected, they were waning. They definitely were. But once Trump was elected, all the power went back to the evangelicals, and now they are a serious damn problem. As as a, oh, what was his name? Uh, uh, Barry Goldwater was complaining when he when he ran for president. He was complaining what's going to happen when when the Christians get control of the Republican Party. He said it was going to be a big damn problem, and he said the reason that it was so dangerous. Remember the point of this debate was that Christians uh, wouldn't you know, that 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 leading that legislating and, and judging all de depend on comp compromise, but that. Uh, the Christians would not compromise because they, they believe that their laws are higher than the laws of the land. Gotcha. Next up, uh, I know I know you disagree, Trent, but just to keep moving, I, I want to try to get through as That's many as I can. That's what Barry Goldwater said. No, <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't disagreeing with that he said okay. that. Okay. Okay. Uh, PSP Rockin' Robin, thanks for your super chat. And uh, <laughs> Richard, he said, Richard Carrier is a Bayesian. Do you agree with his findings that Jesus is a mythological being, or can Bayesian evidence be flawed? I've never heard of him. Yeah, Carrier has uh, different. We we come to a similar conclusion by different means. What? But but I can tell you this: if the guy thinks that Jesus is a myth, he is ipso facto disqualified as a serious scholar. 
and yet he's the only one who's written peer-reviewed scholarship on it in the last century or so. <laughs> what? Next up. So he says himself. I'm sure he does say that himself. Next up, uh, Brian Stevens. Be worth looking up. Thanks for your super chat, Brian Stevens, as well. He says, Bayesian doesn't work with religion. Bad priors. What? Yeah, I've often heard re religious people and scientists and, and atheists, and religious people and atheists will both use Bayesian theorem to argue exactly opposite points using the same data. As well they That's should. It's so fucking maddening. There's no That's problem. That's why I never bothered with it. I mean, how, how can you use the same method to draw completely opposite conclusions from the same information? Because one of the two parties is misapplying it. Because people assign, one of the two parties is assigning the wrong probability assignments. Gotcha. It's like two mechanics. It's like two mechanics look at the same data and use essentially the same analysis, but See, come to observation theory. My thing is phylogeny. Uh, in, in the systematic. I'm sorry. What? Phylogeny, the systematic classification of life forms, and uh, systematic or cladistic systematists will use Bayesian, and I forget what the other method is, but there's a there's a different method, and they will use the two. Uh, kind of at the same time and compare results as a means of confirmation. Does that make sense to you? I mean, well, I mean, what makes sense to me or, is that people can apply a common standard and come to opposite conclusions. I mean, that just happens. Yeah, I'm but then there's a, then there's a way. There's got to be a way to test for it. Why? There, what? Why? Because how would you know anything? There's no there's no guarantees, man. Right. The and, method doesn't. The method. It's not. It's not. I'm not saying that there's adequacy of a method. That it, that, that it always comes to, be, to. We can't just say conclusion. stuff because Any we want it. Can be applied in different ways. Okay, so in a religion, you can say whatever you want just because you want it to be so, and you can say that it's so, and you can pretend it's so, and you make believe that it's so, but that doesn't make it so. In science, right. you can't say that it's so until you can show that it's so. That's such so a Pollyanna view of science. That shows no experience with actual practicing science. Uh, sorry, but you're wrong there. That, okay. You're definitely wrong there. You have to be able to verify that there is truth to what you're saying or you can't say that it's true. Why do you think people complain so much that science will say probably? Because they have a probability. They can actually show a probability that indicates that. There's a probability there. If they can't say that something is possibly true unless they can show that there's a possibility there. They can't say something is possible unless they can show that it's possible. They it's do it all the time. Are you science. familiar with the replication you problem? Are you, you can't you can't do in science what you can do with religion. You can't Are you say, familiar with possible, the replication problem? Are you just gonna talk over all my sentences? It's very well, if good. I have to. We've got a, let's see, just to try to get through as many uh, questions. We've only got a couple more. If we can just try to get through the super chats, and I want to respect the speaker's time because we're about out of time for Q&A, but um, I appreciate their donations. And so uh, Justin James Howman said, Trent, you said you are a Bayesian, I think. Why are you weighing eyewitness testimony of religion on an equal order claim to direct evidence? on an equal order, order equal order claim to direct evidence i think he's saying like why are you giving it the same weight as direct evidence i well i don't know what he means by direct evidence but i i, I said nothing that implies that i give them the same weight gotcha in confirmation theory Car rudolf carnap who's one of the founders of modern confirmation theory distinguished between incremental confirmation and absolute confirmation 
in incremental confirmation, you have evidence piles up layer by layer, and it can reach a threshold that you might want to call belief or something like that. But incremental confirmation can come in arbitrarily small degrees. And, and this is why we do cumulative case arguments. It's why Richard Swinburne gives a cumulative case argument for the existence of God. Because very rarely in, in any academic discipline, whether it be you know, a forensic discipline like um, paleontology or archaeology um, or, a, or an operational science like chemistry, very rarely is there one sort of silver bullet piece of evidence. It always depends on um, a pretty good network of evidence, each one providing its own portion of weight. And um, sometimes testimonial evidence is um, quite strong and sometimes it's less strong. Um, but there's Generally. nothing about there's nothing about the the view or my use of it that has any consequence for how any individual item of confirmation is weighed. The point of incremental confirmation is just that it's greater than zero. And when somebody makes a radical, unjustified, made up, fabricated claim like there's no evidence for a proposition, all it takes to falsify an absolute negation is one one counterexample and Don't you wish you'd provided one i'm glad i did next, uh, you hadn't we, obviously let's see forgive right, me question. just to jump to the other one we have from avatar of hatred thanks for your uh, super chat avatar so, of hatred <laughs> they said uh dr trent would you say that christian morality has been more important to Christ christian success than our physical geography and access to resources, and why? I think that they're maybe referring to like America. Christian, yeah, I don't know what they mean by Christian success. To me, Christian success is becoming more conformed to the image of Christ and having the fruit of the Spirit. That the question seems to be talking about historically the advantage that, that Christianity had in both having Constantine as a leader and also having the advantage of the printing press. No, there's not actually really great evidence that Constantine was a Christian. He certainly gave the Christians some certain rights and privileges, but it's not clear he himself was a Christian. But then within 70 years of making Christianity illegal, or we're making Christianity... Legal, with the Edict of Milan, right. Yeah, and then in 390, 391, Theodosius actually made it the law. Yeah, and then, I used to teach classics. I'm extremely familiar with the history. Yeah, so within 70 years, it became illegal to be anything else. Okay. One of the reasons that Christianity is dangerous. Next up, uh, that is it for the Super Chats. And forgive me, I know we usually try to go into the other questions as well. Uh, just wanted to kind of honor those donations to save the children. I want to respect the debaters' time because they've already gone over the time that I... I, I I'm happy to be here another hour. I'm, I'm not going to be here another hour, but I'll <laughs> take another two questions. We'll go, okay. So did you, did you say two or a few? But we'll do a few. Okay, you bet. So we'll do three more, and then uh, just want to say thanks so much for everybody's support of the channel overall and your super chats for Save the Children. And we have full accountability on that. If you want to see the receipt after I send the totaled super chats to Save the Children, hey, I'll send the receipt to anybody. Just email me at moderndaydebate at gmail.com. We want to have full transparency when we do these uh, charity drives. So next up. Praise I am that I am. Thanks for your question. He said, my question to Aaron is, have you conceded that, let's see, this might be trollish. Um, then skip it. 
Okay, so uh, sorry, praise. It's just that it's it's kind of a the, the name is trollish. The 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 question is kind of loaded with us, like some things that might not be assumed by others. So the shepherd's ambassador asked Arnon Ra, "Why do you look more to Christ? Uh, why do you look more to Christ to what he taught and not to the misuse of his teachings in Christian history?" I think they meant to say, "Why?" Why don't you? I, yeah, they I must, he must right. mean why. Yeah, don't. I actually do look at, at what what uh, Christ allegedly taught and. You know, the, the whole bit about you know, everything is wrong with it. I mean, all of it. The guy was a madman, if there was a guy at all, that, we, that he was a madman. So he, he believed in demons, for one thing. He wanted everybody to be a faith healer. He wants to, you know, to, to be renunciate, of course. But, you know, at, at, at the same time, he's trying to take all these donations to supposedly give to the poor, which doubtless means himself. And he didn't know when figs are in season, so he's going to curse the tree and all that. And then you're supposed to hate your mother and your father and your sister and your brother and your wife and your own life in order to, to, to follow him or to become his disciple. And you have to believe things for no reason, right? You know, you know Thomas had, had evidence, but you don't need evidence. Blessed is he who is not seen and yet believed and so on. So, I mean, why would you want to believe in a faith healer? Especially a first-century madman who obviously had no idea what he was talking about, about anything, ever. Next up, we will go to the uh, Landon Freeman. Thanks for your question. He's, this is for Aaron as well. And then Trent, I promise we got one for you. So uh, he said, some secularists believe Christians should keep their religion to themselves. Do you share this belief, or are you okay with Christians publicly professing their beliefs? There's some people you, you can't help. I mean, it's just kind of like leave them alone. I mean, it's like if somebody was if somebody had a hard drug addiction and they've had it all their life, you know, and they're now 75 years old and it would actually compromise their health to try to get them off heroin or whatever. You know, there's just a point that you know, just, just just she's not hurting anybody. Just leave her be, you know, but when they start getting into power, then it's a problem. Then it starts legislating against everybody else. And there go all of our rights. Gotcha. Next up, thanks very much. This is the final question. I appreciate the speakers being willing to field a few extra. So we have uh, Iron Chair here. Ask Trent, will Christianity ever produce repeatable and reliable evidence for God? Been doing it for 2,000 years, buddy. And haven't done it yet. Next, uh, and that is it for our question. So thank you very much, everybody. We really appreciate it. And with that, just want to remind you, the speakers have their links in the description, so if you're like, hey, I really enjoy listening to them, you can check them out conveniently down below. Also, okay, and if you would, please, uh, this, is the, this is how I make a living now, so I mean, please check you know, patreon.com forward slash A-R-O-N-R-A. I need all the help I can get. Oh, that's if you right. like what I do, please support my work. And we, I will put that link in the description as well as I add uh, Trent's as well. So... With that, I want to say thanks to our speakers again for being here, and I, I can assure everybody, I know that this was a passionate debate, but these I'm confident these guys are going to be like, well, all right, you know, they're not going to be fuming and, you know, like, ah, oh, they're not enemies. Uh, our hope is that everybody can passionately disagree, fervently disagree, and still say, huh, well, all right, take care. So uh, thank you very much for being here, gentlemen. Thanks, guys. And with that, I want to say take care, everybody. Have a great night and keep sifting out the reasonable from the unreasonable. Take care.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.